Welcome back to this episode of Best Laid Plans of Mice and Jen. I'm Jennifer Villasenor, your host, and today we are discussing homeschooling with learning issues with my friend Grace Favatella. She is a fellow teacher at our Friday School Co-op and a fellow mom of struggling learners. Grace has four wonderful children, and she's also part of Vithia's Family Services, which serves foster families, as well as families in general, especially neurodiverse families. Vithia's Family Services offers trainings and support groups. Make sure to check out the show notes to find the link, as well as other resources mentioned in this episode. This is another long episode, so pop open a can of soda or two, pour yourself a cup of coffee or tea, and or maybe you're just gearing yourself up to wash those dishes or fold that laundry. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome, Grace. I'm so glad you were able to join us today. Grace, I've known you for probably, what, 11, 12 years, something like that? Yeah. When did you come to Firm Foundation? I We pulled from public school, so we originally started with brick and mortar. And um, I really thought Tony would do well. And I was met with a very different (laughs) result. (laughs) We always knew he was super high energy. That was not a question. Very talkative, extremely verbal, constantly talking, like the kind of talking where they're like, you close the the car door to stand outside and they're still talking. (laughs) And you're like, I can't hear you. And they're like, still talking. (laughs) Full blown. They don't care. They're just talking. That was my Tony. So um, super high energy and, um, lots of big ideas, lots of questions. And just, we always said that if he slowed down enough to actually stop, he would crash and he would, he would go, 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 go until he slowed down just enough. And it would, he would like fall asleep. Wow. Um, cause it was just so much. And, uh, we, we were kind of faced with sort of a pickle. He was getting into lots of trouble. Um, I think the, my first warning sign was when we walked into his, uh, kindergarten classroom and all of the, it wasn't set up coming from education an education background. You have this sort of idea what a kindergarten classroom kind of should look like, you know, bright things on the walls and colors and like the desks kind of together and like a morning area rug, you know, it's kindergarten. It looked like a high school classroom all of the desks faced forward they were all separated um there was no really no posters no color on the wall it was very stark um it was so it was very um like what like did you just start did you just come in like where's your box of stuff can I help you you know what I mean like that kind of thing and nope that's really that kind of was a pretty good reflection of like her learning of her teaching style wow and not very um accommodating to other learning styles. So my little guy ended up, um, hiding under the desk. He, um, he didn't like it. He had a hard time making friends. He had a hard time keeping his hands to himself. Um, so of course the natural solution for them was to, um, take away recess and take away lunch recess and make him eat his lunch by himself in the principal's office. And I think, uh, we finally pulled um, there was a suspension. Uh, we, uh, we honored the suspension. We, we took him back. And that very next day that he went back, he was back in the principal's office. And when I, you know, spoke with the principal, he was like, well, he just can't seem to, you know, get it together. And he was five. 
And I was just thinking like, he's five. Like, this is not okay. And I knew I had played with the idea of homeschooling, but I was very, very, very pregnant with my third. And I was due to deliver in September. So I thought there's no way I can homeschool and be like, have a literally a, a newborn. Right. And, um, and Lord had other plans. So we pulled him, he lasted um, less than eight weeks and we pulled him. And my very first call was to my sister who was already homeschooling and at um, uh, Firm Foundation PSP when at that time it was a sunlight still. And uh, we pulled and uh, we have never looked back and he thrived and he loved it and he loved school. And uh, there were other things that we started to really notice. And I think that I had, if I had not um, been homeschooling, I would not have seen these red flags or they would have been sort of brushed under the rug and things like that. So I'm glad that, um, you know, we asked for clarity in that decision and the answer was very loud and clear, very loud and clear. And I'm very glad that we did that. We never looked back. It was never an option. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So how, what, what did you do before you had children? So before I had my kids, I was, um, I was, uh, I was actually a nursing major at Azusa Pacific. Go Cougars. Um, I wanted so much to be a midwife. That was my big plan. Um, Mm -hmm. I was going to be a nurse midwife and, uh, my second year, I felt a very sudden tug to change to education, even though I had no desire to uh, be a teacher at all. And I mean, at all, I was like, this is not for me. I do not want to do this. I want to deliver babies. I don't want to teach nobody nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it was, again, it was very loud and clear. And I don't, and I, I say this often, sometimes I don't always heed you know, the Lord's still voice that one I did. And I'm glad that I did. So I switched to um, education and my focus ended up being um, special education. Wow. So, um, and I was a tutor and I worked all through college and I was a remedial teacher for Benita Unified for a couple of years, which I loved. Um, and it just kind of exploded from, and then I was a military wife. So I didn't work for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And when I finally went back to work, I went back to tutoring and I realized Um, I had a way with um, the kids that were quote unquote, you know, the bad kids, the remedial kids, you know, the kids that they didn't get in, they were behind. And I was like, give them to me, give them all to me. So, um, and I really enjoyed that for a long time. And I did that for a little while. And then I took a break to, you know, mom and stuff like that. When I went back to work, I finally went back to work at Bithias. Okay. And um, And and can you explain what, what Bithias is? Yes. So Bithias Family Services was first and originally called Bithia's House. It's a nonprofit that was started by Keith and Michelle Thompson. They themselves were foster parents and they basically just saw a need. There was so much of a need that they couldn't, they couldn't possibly fill it themselves. So they actually opened up a residential facility um, and it was like a home for um, age zero to five for little ones who needed to be placed, but they could not find placements because of medical need or the behavioral um, and trauma was just too high. So they came to the house to um, have some stability, work on some skills, um, get exceptional care. And um, the house did close 
And uh, it just sort of transitioned into Bithia's Family Services. So now the mission is still to reach foster um, youth and uh, foster youth that's getting ready to age out and support for foster parents. And they do big retreat every year for foster kinship and adoptive parents. And we do classes and we do baby showers for um, pregnant foster youth. Mm. Uh, Because a lot of times people assume that baby will be removed and that's actually not the case. Baby gets to stay unless there's an absolute reason for baby to um, be removed from their mom. So um, we try to support um, the the mommy by giving her lots of love and support and throwing her a beautiful baby shower that she's not alone and, and support also for the foster family who she's with, because they not only now have a teenager, but teen mom (laughs) with them also. So that's a big undertaking. So we do love Bithia's family services, wears a lot of hats. Um, but one of the, that is the main mission on top of, um, we also do a trauma informed, um, classroom education for educators. So you'd be surprised how high the population is of foster children in the school systems. Yeah. And when you have a child with trauma, learning is different. Yes, it the is. brain is different. So um, trying to educate, educate educators on how that works and how to reach their students the best way. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, when I was in the, when I was in the public school teaching in the public school, and I mm-hmm. did that for nine years, um, I was not prepared to deal with any of that. Right. I, in fact, I didn't even understand the depth of difficulty that a child with a learning disability had until mm-hmm. I had my own daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's eye opening. I didn't it's, know. And yeah. I'm, sorry. That's no, Okay. Every episode, oh. I think I cry, but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Um, <laughs> but we're I, real. Yeah, we're real people. Yes. Yeah, we have feelings, and yes. and when I think about some of the kids that I may not have been as compassionate with, mm-hmm. mostly because I was just trying to figure out what I was doing, especially when I was a brand right. new teacher. I was in right. Rialto. Mm-hmm. Um, You're in in my neck of the woods. This is not an easy district, girl. And it was when it first opened up. So there was a lot of new people coming out there from from Mm -hmm. um, from downtown L.A. And a lot of people leaving the city to go out to Rialto. And the the social economic situation was not the best. And it was really hard. And I was 22 years old and I had one class, one class about Mm -hmm. special ed that didn't. I don't remember any of it. Yeah. I saw a movie. That's it. Yeah, And so the educational people in education, unfortunately, are, unless you are a special ed teacher, and even that, I, I don't know, yeah. you're woefully underprepared to deal with yes. that population. Right. And though, but you know, when we have our own babies with that, it really, at least for me, it completely changed oh, yeah. my perception of so many things. Right. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So how many children do you have? I have four kids. Um, my eldest is a sophomore and he's doing really well. And he was, um, he was my first and my, he's the one that made me a mom and turned my hair green from the beginning. And, uh, he's really fantastic. Um, he's a great, I know everyone has horror stories of their teenagers. Um, I can't really complain. I, I mean, he's still a teenager. He's still teen but he's, he's a pretty great teen. So I'm, I'm very thankful for him. 
Um, he's the one that opened the doors as far as learning disability in my own home. So uh, dyslexia and uh, severe ADHD and all of that stuff. And um, it really does, it kind of turns your world upside down when you are finally realizing school is not going to look quite, quite what I thought it was going to look like. And even though I had a background in special education, I had a background in, um, you know, dealing with uh, and tutoring and, and getting kids up, quote unquote, up to speed, whosoever speed that is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it still, uh, it, it still felt very, um, it still felt very lonely. Yeah, to be honest, felt very lonely. Because other kids were, they, they were gobbling up books and and mine was, you know, struggling. And, and I thought, I, what is going on here? You know, and as an educator, you know, I should be able to handle this as an educator, you know, you feel like I should be able to do this. And it's a little bit different when it's in your, your own. Um, but I, I head first into every piece of research that I could find. Um, we found an exceptional resource for him and, um, and we just, we dove headfirst in it to meet him where he was at, not where we thought he was supposed to be, but where he was at. That was a big shift for me with him is finding where he was at. Um, my second born is Maximal. He's all, he's just turned that tween, that teen, um, that teen corner. He just turned 13 and um, he is my autistic child. And also ADHD on top of that umbrella or under that umbrella as well. Um, He has a lot of sensory issues, um, which are common with most autistics and, uh, and dyslexic as well. And then uh, he's amazing. He's got uh, a ton of services. He gets a lot of accommodations and, um, and it's a lot of reminding him of um, your, it's not quite. You can't quite compare yourself, even comparing himself to his older sibling. Mm-hmm. You really can't. You're totally different. You learn different. You have different interests. You have different gifts. Um, Max is exceptional in um, in his uh, large motor skills. So seeing that kid jump and flip and it literally defies gravity. It is <laughs> unreal. Um, he's my adrenaline junkie. He loves, you know, inks and um, hard rock and, um, he's got long hair and he hates wearing shoes. And in the summer, he never has a shirt on and (laughs) he's just my wild boy. And I just, I just, I I love him so much. Um, and then after France, after Maxima, we have Francis, um, our sweet Francis. He's my artistic boy. He's very sensitive. Um, he loves animals and, um, good music and all the, bakery cookies and warm bread and like teas and hot chocolates. And he's just, he fits his name so perfectly. It's ridiculous. And, um, and he's just my sweet, sweet boy. He has an incredible artistic gift and with creativity and he's got an eye for, uh, um, for photography and just sort of that kind of thing. And then uh, Rosalie's our baby. Um, She was a surprise. We thought we were all done and, here comes after three boys. We thought for sure the next one was going to be a boy. What else? You know, so we were very pleasantly surprised and she's been a lot of fun. Um, she was born with a very rare uh, medical condition called um, craniosynostosis. Uh, 
where her, her, um, ridges in her, um, in her skull fused before they were ready. So, um, she had to have a very big surgery called a cranial vault remodel and a frontal orbital advancement at children's hospital, Los Angeles. And, um, and it was successful and she's doing very well. And we're so thankful, um, to be in this country where we can have this medical, you know, this isn't something that is routine. Do you know what I mean? Like it's right. this, they literally, you know, without being too graphic, they, you know, had to basically like cut her head open and crack the top of her skull off and pull the front of her face down and crack, make it like a puzzle and then put it all back together with, you know, bolts and things like that to make sure that her brain had enough room because her brain didn't have room to grow when that, when those, uh, when those sutures are fused. So, um, she, yeah, that was a, that was a fun couple of years, man. I was like, Oh man, you know, you, it's just, yeah. When you're, when you're white, when your phone automatically connects to the hospital Wi-Fi, as soon as you pull in the parking lot, you know, you're there a lot. Yeah. We are there a lot. Yeah. And that's okay. And she's doing great. Um, lots of signs of, um, I mean, she's still, she's in first grade, but lots of, uh, similar little signs. So I'm like, Oh yeah, that'll be four for four. Mm. Um, four for four <laughs> dyslexics. That'll do it. And it was just one of those like really? perfect score. Perfect. I should, I should play the lotto or something. Come on. So but it's been, it's been a lot of fun. She learns differently as well. She's very hands-on. This girl, it has serious, um, what's that called? If it's not like super exciting, all the bells and whistle girl want nothing to do with it. So if we do an activity, it's gotta be like, you are on, I mean, kindergarten teachers, preschool teachers, even first grade, you know, you that feeling when you were like jazz hands over phonics and it's like do the dance with the, with the number line. And so like, other than that, she's like, nah, I'm not into it. <laughs> you got to amp it up a bit more for her. Um, and she's a lot of fun. And um, she's the girl. She's the only little one. She's the girl and gets her way. And she's got four big brothers, three big brothers and forget about it. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, you've had a lot to um, carry and go through and wade through and figure out. And yes. yeah, that's, that is, that is something. It is. It is. <laughs> it's kind of cool to look back and be like, how did we do that? It was God, man. It was God all the way. There is no other explanation. We're <laughs> like, how? I'm like, Jesus. Jesus it was yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I don't Seriously. know what else to tell you. It was Jesus and caffeine that's yeah. that, that was it sometimes that's really all you need yeah it's true you know yeah. <laughs> so okay so um well let's kind of go through the questions and then you sure. know and wherever you want to take Great. this whatever resources you also might have yeah. let me know what they are and i can link them in the show notes so that way they can have um access to maybe some books maybe some websites yeah. absolutely um, and definitely to um um, how do you say it again? Bithias? Bithias Family Services. Bithias yeah, Family Services. absolutely. You can follow us on uh, Instagram. Awesome. That's the best way to find out what's happening, what classes, and it's all there. So what inspires you right now? Like for homeschooling, like what inspired you to, to start and what inspires you now? Like, is it the same? Is it, has it changed? It didn't. I wasn't inspired to start. I was very scared to start 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think once I saw that my kid was not the weird one, that he was not the bad one, that um, it wasn't him. Right. It wasn't him. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't yep. him. It was a system that was very much um, built in a way to really not support him or children like him. So it really wasn't, it's not, this is not a, my kid issue. This is a system issue. And um, right now my focus is my child, not the system. So we'll just start there. Um, So I just, I really wanted him to feel successful. And so that's why I sought out, um, we sought out an incredible reading specialist. I will forever be so grateful to her. Um, her name is Melinda Pina, like the, like the pineapple Pina. Mm-hmm. Um, she has, uh, I hope she still has, I think she still does. She's in Whittier, California, and she has a place called Pina Reading Academy. And uh, she's phenomenal and trained in dyslexia and dysgraphia and all of it. And she was fantastic Mm -hmm. for her and for Max early on. And we're so grateful to her. Um, And that was, that was weekly driving out to Whittier multiple times a week. Yeah. um, To, for him to see her because I knew um, I was limited in what I could do. And I also did not want to, um, I mean, you can absolutely, lots of parents do take on that role of teacher of being their, their sole teacher, but I didn't, I found that I was butting heads with him. And so I needed to outsource that because I wanted to preserve that relationship Now, and I I needed help. Yeah. And now, Mm -hmm. and, and I know that, um, so a lot of people who go into homeschooling, a lot of times, you know, we're used to the school paying for everything, right? Yeah. You have, mm-hmm. So when did you, um, were you on your own at this time or were you with the charter? At we were time? with the charter. So as okay. soon as we um, got out, we pulled out, we were on the waiting list. And uh, uh, in the state of California, you don't actually technically have to be enrolled in kindergarten. Yep. You actually don't have to be, um, not till first grade. So we, um, I knew we were not in danger of anything wasn't breaking any laws, nothing like that. My kid wasn't going to be marked true and no one's going to come for me. <laughs> um, so I had a little bit of time and I was on the waiting list for a little while. So for first grade, we, um, we got with a charter school and we started services right away uh, with her. And um, we had him evaluated for a medical 504 um, pretty soon after that. And, uh, and we just, we went that route. Um, I know that had we, and I, and again, I think it was a God thing at the time, we probably would not have been able to financially do the reading Academy ourselves. However, I knew that I had, if I, if I did not have that availability, I know that I could have, um, would it have been difficult? Yes. Would have been worth it? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it is doable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's resources, there's other groups. You could always trade with another mom. Um, that's a big one that, um, I found very, very helpful. I'm very good at certain things. Other moms are very good at certain things. Neither of you can afford a tutor trade services, Yep. help each other out. I can do, I can teach art. I can help with math. If someone can help me with this end, that would be great. Trade, trade, help each other out. That's okay. We're yeah, village. Always, to, yep. Yep. There's always yourself. a way. Yeah, there's a way. There was always a way. Um, so that was, 
that was what it was when he finally, when he started reading, I actually had a memory and like, you know, your Facebook memories pop up of him finally reading a book and like by himself unprompted. And I remember crying and crying. He was like, why are you crying? And I was like, you're reading, you're reading. Like I couldn't, I mean, I know you understand just that unbelievable joy of just my baby is reading and it was, it just changed everything. So from there it was like, let's just move forward at his pace, at his pace. And, um, and what inspires me now is to, is the same thing, seeing those little victories though, that keeps me going. When those aha moments happen, that's keeps me going. The fact that my kid, um, um, pat on the shoulder to you just got done reading uncle Tom's cabin, which is not an easy read. No, it's not. Yo, <laughs> like, it's not, sorry, easy but not sorry. Yeah. Sorry, but not sorry. And it stretched him and I could hear him. And then listening to things, you know, the fact that he had always had, you know, at Friday school and things like that, everything was always accommodated to him. And the fact that he has an audio availability to him, it changes the game. Mm -hmm. It really does. It kind of puts them on an even playing field. It really does. And, um, and some people like, well, he gets an advantage and it's not quite an advantage, dude. Like, it's not, it's not quite, it's like, I'm what I, I'm going to take your glasses from you yeah, and say, well, you get an advantage because you need glasses. (laughs) Not quite, because I can't see without them. I can't see. I can't see. So I, I, we come, and at least in our home, and what I firmly believe in is that um, you would never deny someone glasses. You would never deny someone, you know, uh, a, a service or like a wheelchair or um, something to help them walk or stabilize. Or um, you would never deny someone um like a, an inhaler or thing. I think one of the best things I ever read was it was on Instagram. It was absolutely hysterical. And he was like, telling a dyslexic to sound it out mm-hmm. is like telling someone with a peanut allergy to chew slower. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Not at all. People who say that have no concept of the way that the brain is wired, how it works, all of that. And they sometimes just see dyslexia as a, oh, it's just reading. There's so much more. That's like just one little part of it. There's so much more that goes with it. So there's a, there's definitely um, a misunderstanding for sure with, um, with dyslexia. So those aha moments they keep me going day to day. They are there. We have hard days. I'm not going to lie to you. We have days where we are like, everyone needs space. Everybody needs Jesus. <laughs> I, we need to stop doing school right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we have those days where we have those aha moments where they understand the poetry passage, where they remember the vocabulary word, where they use the vocabulary word correctly. Um, I'll never forget the day. Aaron and I, we have a lot of probably TMI. We have a lot of conversations in the bathroom because that's the one place we can talk privately and we're not having like anyone interrupt us because we're in the bathroom. So we're speaking in the bathroom 
And of course we get barged in on because children right. and Max came in and Aaron asked him how his day was. And Max used sarcasm for the first time in his life correctly. And we were like, <gasps> and he was like, wait, like he thought he was in trouble. And we were like, first of all, that may have been a little rude. However, you use that correctly. Like it was, and I couldn't wait to tell his speech therapist that he had used sarcasm correctly. And, and it was one of those moments. I was like, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there slow and steady, but we are getting. Yeah. yeah. And it's, is you know, we are so used to a um, kindergarten to 12th grade. This is what they need to know at first grade. This is what yep. they need to know at second grade. We need this. Da, 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 da. And then if you don't meet these standards, standards, then you are, you have, you have missed the mark. So you're, you failed or you're not good enough or you are behind or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, EIE in Monrovia. Yes. I used to go there a lot. And I remember them saying they're where they need to be. Yes. They are where they need to be and they will get to the point where they need to be. Mm -hmm. And they're just where they are. Yeah. They'll get there. They'll get there. They'll get there. And that was such, again, especially coming from education, you know, you have yes. this, it's supposed to be like this. And it's such a, mm-hmm. such a change in, in, in mindset. And I'm so grateful for that because we would be pulling our hair out all the time and our kids would be miserable. Right. right. And what's the point of having miserable kids? Right. There isn't one. <laughs> Let's not do that. Nobody, not do that. nobody wins. <laughs> nobody, nobody wins in that case. And so learning to understand that our kids are very unique in general, they're very mm-hmm. unique which is kind mm-hmm. of an oxymoron, but they're very, um, they're very unique and they have their own learning styles. They have their own way to, and they might have different situations, like different issues to deal with. So mm-hmm. you have the dyslexia and all four, 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 congrats. Four, four, um, four. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> um, and then you also have autist autism, mm-hmm. ADHD. You have yep. lots of fun things going on. Well, so fun. How in the world can anybody, why, why would we expect for kids to be at a certain level at a certain time, everyone at the, you know, it's just mind blowing to me. It's unreasonable. It's unrealistic. It's a very unrealistic expectation. It really is. I think I have to remind myself and I have a lot of friends who homeschool and they still, well, what about, you know, the standards and that you have to be, you know, the same, it's the same kind of question. I have to remind them. I was like, the standards were created by a middle-aged white man who wanted very much everyone to be kind of learning the same thing so they could be ready to be on the factory floor about around the same age. You really need to go back and really learn why did we go from, from the very beginning of schooling children at home, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Under, you know, the, you know, with our mothers, their mothers and grandmothers, and they, you know, teaching children at home, to suddenly going to school and then, but before, if you have to think about it, it was, you know, they were, it was a lot of mixed ages in the little schoolhouses, you know, you mm-hmm. had little ones, you had older ones and things like that. And then they started to separate them even further. And the reason why was because they needed to filter out the older ones because they needed to start going to work. Right. So they needed certain skills, skills mm-hmm. to work you know, in the factories and then the fields and things like that. And if you were even fortunate enough to even be able to have an education, right. What I mean, that kind of a thing. So it really, you really have to de-school 
your mentality when you homeschool. Yes. So it's even, I even recommend sometimes if you are really still having a heart, well, what about the standards? What about the testing? And what, you know what I mean? You might need time to de-school yourself mm-hmm. before you really start to do this to your kid. Yeah. Really yeah. do that. Think back. What is the purpose? What are your goals for that year? Reasonable goals. My kids, you know, seven. What are my reasonable goals? Are they your goals? Are they the goals of, you know, your child? Or are you going, are your goals kind of still based on those state standard expectations? Like really ask yourself. So at the beginning of the school year, I asked my kids, what's something that you are excited to learn about this year that you would like to learn about? And sometimes it's animals. Sometimes it's, um, I, you know, graphic design, Um, I think Rose was like carpentry or something like that. It was like, sure. Then I know, Hey, let's throw in some, you know, some fun animal units so we can throw in um, books about animals. Make sure we get some of those. You can learn about, you know, you can, a kid is going to be so much more willing to learn across the board on all subjects. If it's something that interests them. Mm -hmm you can tailor everything to their interests, which is going to pique their willingness to, you know, to, and you can, everything is so flexible. Yeah. But you have to really get out of the mindset that it has to be this book at this age level. Right. It's not quite right. Mm-mm. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of freedom in the homeschooling, which is one of the things that I think it's one of my, it's the favorite part. Yeah, of course. Like you don't have to tell me what to do. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Don't, don't tell me what my kid needs to know at a certain time, you know, because I'm sitting here with my kid and we're not going to get to do that. Yeah. That's not going to happen without a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I'm just talking about myself, (laughs) not even them, not even them. They're they're They would be beyond that. I mean, and we had some similar situations like you mentioned about hiding under the table. I mean, even like in the early years, when I first started homeschooling, Mm -hmm. that would happen with, with my girl and she, she, and I, I didn't understand what was going on. Right. I did not know that she was even having issues. And so we need to neither. For yeah. some reason, they didn't want to let me know. Oh, that's yep, interesting. It wasn't until later on. Now, we always homeschooled. So she was never in public school. So this was all new to me. And I taught high school. And mm-hmm. I've said this before that, um, but it's teaching high school kids, you know, like Uncle Tom's Cabin or mm-hmm. Jane Eyre or Pride and Prejudice is very different. Very different. <laughs> than teaching a child how to read. And so I just thought I was sucked at this. I thought I was just really awful at teaching this, but Mm -hmm. she had these issues. And so, um, and we also found a person who was really helpful. um, And that that was uh, Cynthia DePello. I think that's her name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cynthia DePello. And um, she was our reading specialist that helped us tremendously. And Mm -hmm. so I'm very grateful for for that. Um, And I think the de-schooling thing, I can't can't really emphasize that enough because- We have been so conditioned, conditioned. Yes. That's a good word. We've been so conditioned that this is the way it's supposed to be. And so, you know, I think we all started out as like rebels back in the day saying, Oh, no, I don't have to be like that. Yep. And one of the reasons why I even started this podcast is because of the influx of new families coming in to Mm -hmm. homeschooling because of these things that are happening right now that are being kind of foisted on to families Mm -hmm. that they're not comfortable with. 
And so um, they're also part of the rebel cause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we, the, one of the things that I love about homeschooling, especially as community begins to happen. And in our case, mm-hmm. it was through firm foundation and how um, we do find the things that are, our other moms are strong in and they help we, you and I have often had a conversation. Okay. What did you do here? What did you do here? How did, how did you handle this? How do we handle this? Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful for that community. And, you know, um, and I think it's really important, um, that, that people who are coming into homeschooling, I, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to beat the heads of people because I keep saying this community is super important. Like yes. the whole right. last episode is all about community yeah, <laughs> and it's just super important, especially when you have the, the special learning issues because mm-hmm. that is a whole other animal yeah and it and like you said it was kind of lonely even if you know other people who might have the same situation mm-hmm. it's still hard to to juggle that and understand right how to handle it so mm-hmm. um now let's see um anything you want to say because i'm looking at and we kind of covered some of this stuff but i don't know if you want to go more in depth in any of the questions I don't have any friends. Okay, let's see. So what is something you wish you had known before you started homeschooling? I wish I had known that, I think we already covered this, but that we don't have to look like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And um, I wish I had known that that, uh, it's okay to not look like everyone else. And that it's, I got a lot of strange looks because I, you know, when you take your kids to the grocery store um, in the middle of the day and they're like, why aren't you in school? Do you know what I mean? Like certain, I was not, I was not prepared for questions from adults. How many adults were really like kind of shocked and kind of a little bit put off and like, why aren't, why? Um, And, you know, we homeschooled. The school doesn't have to look like public school. You don't have to sit at a desk. You don't have to be there for seven hours. Um, your trip can, to the grocery store could very well be your math lesson for that day. And that's great. Um, so it just depends. It, it does not, I, it took a little while for me to, to realize like, wait a minute, this can look however I want it to look. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like it really can. And I wish I had known to meal prep better, um, certain things to really help myself. Um, instead of like scrambling, you know, that kind of rush feeling now, things that I know now is like a seasoned, whatever homeschooler, but 11 years in, um, is just being able, you know what your crock pot is your best friend, your Instapot, pack your lunches. Do you know what I mean? Like help yourself, help yourself, especially if you are, um, especially if you have a lot of like services, Um, if you're running, you know, if you've got like OT speech and you're in the car a lot, yeah. Audiobooks, certain things like that, I feel like help to how I wish I would have had someone kind of come alongside me and be like, hey, this might not be homeschool related, but this is kind of homeschool mom related. This is how you make this kind of so you're not banging your head against the wall at the end of the day because yeah. you realize you're so exhausted from all these beautiful, wonderful, um, teachable moments, you know, throughout your day. You still have dinner to make. 
Do you know what I mean? You still have laundry to do. You still have a home to run. So that kind of thing. So I wish I would have had someone to kind of go. So anytime I, I, you know, I, I always tell people meal prep, plan your menu, pack, make sure you have snacks in your car. Do you know what it, it kind of, it just saves you, um, it saves you a little bit of a headache and a hungry kiddo, a hungry mommy are not ready to, you know, learn or be kind or receptive <laughs> to those kinds of things. You know, I wish I would have had that, you know, I really wish I would have known a little bit more about that. Um, so anytime I have a chance to impart that wisdom on a new homeschool, please, your library is your best friend, get to know your librarians very well. You know, you gotta, you gotta hang on to those resources and yeah. Awesome. Help yourself, help yourself. (laughs) That is a fantastic, uh, homeschool hack in a sense, you know, because my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Meal prepping, um, having lunch and dinner because there's like, they eat every day. All day. Several times a day. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I think the thing I say the most, get out of the pantry, close the refrigerator. (laughs) Yeah. But I will say when you are at the table and we're doing stuff, hey, man, if I'm constantly, you know, pop popcorn and put it down and, you know, apple slices and bring it down. It they, they keeps them going, man. It keeps their sugar from crashing there. You know, yeah, it, it there's snacks in school go very well together. <laughs> yeah. Yep, <that's laughs> no one really talks about. The like emotional and mental load that you carry from being home all day with your kids. And I know that it's, it's kind of, it's like a weird thing because you love being home with your kids. It's such a blessing to be home with our kids. We have relationships with our children that other people don't have. Um, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people don't have it. Um, cause you're a lot of them, their kids and they do. Some people have really great relationships, even though their kids go to school, but they're gone all day. Mm-hmm. and my kids are home all day. So I am up your butt. I can hear when your cell phone goes off. I know who you're texting. I know what you're watching. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. I know what you're listening to. I can, my hands are there to kind of like, you know, guide and direct and, you know, things like that. Other people have no clue. Um, we talk to each other all day, every day, but we talk to each other all day, every day. <laughs> Yes. Do you know, you have, I'm, I'm constantly being touched. I have a, you know, I have with my Max, I can't really leave him at the table to do independent work without him shiny. Do you know what I mean? Like something yep. distracted him. Um, so I really have to be on top of, even if I'm like doing something in the kitchen, I'm right there. Like, Hey, good job. Next problem. Good job. You're doing great. You know? And then it's like a constant thing. So I think the mental, I have to literally turn my brain off. Yeah. And I need space. And I think a lot of times there's a little bit of burnout that happens with a lot of homeschool moms because it's so exhausting because it's so you're so emotionally invested and mentally and but you have to like relearn things that you didn't think you'd have to relearn or explain things in a different way that you learned it so that they can understand it. It's very mentally taxing. So I think self-care isn't talked about and mental health isn't talked about a lot in the homeschool community. And I think it very much needs to be mm-hmm. because self-care for a homeschool fam- family 
is very important. You need to make sure you're filling your own cup. You can't pour from an empty cup. You just cannot. So if that means you take space and dad has to do bedtime routine, then that's what that means. If that means you have to wake up crazy early so that you have silence in the morning and you don't, before people start touching you, um, then that's what that means. You know, you have to, and like I said, you have to help yourself. If it means that I don't want to think about dinner, put your dinner in the car, park. Mm-hmm. put it in the Instapart. So you don't have to think about it. So you can sit and like watch a mindless TV show for a second or watch or read your book for a second. Take your space. Yeah. A lot of times we're with our kids so much all day, every day. Um, it can be a draining and we need to make sure that we're filling our cup. Women's Bible study, the prayer group, support group, um, girlfriends, you know, time with your husband without being interrupted, get in the car, talk in the car. So you're at least you're not interrupted in the car. Mm-hmm. Do what you need to do to make sure that your cup is full. You cannot pour for an empty cup. You can't. That's, That's a so big good. one. So, so good. Yeah. Um, so that would kind of cover the advice you would give new homeschoolers, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Okay. So what, um, what is your coping mechanism? Like what is, what is your, what do you do when the day is rough? Like I, I shared with you, I, I go to Del Taco and get a macho diet Coke in the car. (laughs) Mommy needs another one. Yes. Yes. What is yours? I, um, I take space in my sanctuary. I have like my warming stuff. Um, if, uh, if it's, if it's, you know, at the end of the day, if it's during, depending on the season, um, I will go outside and I will work in my garden. So my garden is something I love very, very much. Um, I love my chickens as well, but my garden fills me up big time. Um, I just love being able to say to look and see like all my hard work. I can, I can, I can visually see this. I can visually see this. And sometimes you, I can see there's, you know, the stinking gophers back and it's eating all of my whatever. And then that's fine. But at least I can visually see sometimes it's like, it's like the homeschool sleeper. Like you're laying down all this work, but you're not really seeing it just yet, but it's there. Don't get discouraged. It is there. Step-by-step is there, but you don't automatically see it. Sometimes you have an aha moment. Sometimes the aha moments take a little while to get there. My garden, I can see it. It's there. It's kind of a nice reminder, but it's also a nice reminder that things take time. I'm going to stick that seed in the ground. And it's, I got to wait, man, that sunshine's got to come down. I have to water it. Sometimes I have to protect it from a pest or vermin or things like that, but I can see it. It's there. It's a very nice reminder. Um, and plus the, the sunshine and the air, it just, it really, it fills me up big time, big, big time. Um, you have your community. My sister's my go-to, my sister's my go-to my bad day, my hard day, my good day, my victory, my questions. Um, you have to have one person that you just, you know, that that's your, your person. And she's my person for sure. Absolutely. That cheers on with you. Yes. And cries with you yep. and yep. And, and you have to do that, but definitely take space. I need space. I get, I get touched out. 
And I get a lot of like sensory overload sometimes, like with the constant noise, because there's six people in a very small house and Mm -hmm. um, there's animals and doors opening and closing all day long. Like it's like, it's, it can be overwhelming for me. So being able to retreat um, and just, this is my space, respect my space. Yeah. In our home, we respect space. If someone needs space, even though there's someone sharing a room, everyone's sharing rooms because we're not millionaires. Everyone shares rooms. Um, If someone is in their room and they're asking for space, you need to respect their space. Yeah. You need to give them their space. Respect their space. Even if it sets a time limit space, respect their space. Right. Give them time. And by you, by you also saying, I need my space, you're, Mm -hmm. you're modeling to your children how to take care of yourself and Mm -hmm. how that can help them too, you know, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the things that we do to help ourselves, it's their children are learning from us. Yeah. And I think that's co-regulation. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. We call, you call that what, what was, what do you call regulation? So like I can help you regulate yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, you, but I'm also modeling regulation techniques for myself. If I'm upset, I tell my kids I'm upset. Mm -hmm. I don't hide my emotions from my kids. I'm getting really frustrated right now. So I need to take a deep breath. I need to take space. I'm going to have a cup of coffee. I'll be right back. Do you know what I mean? Like I need space. I need to calm down. I need to get, I need to take some deep breaths. You want to take some deep breaths with me? All of that, that go that back and I'm showing them regulation, being able to regulate my emotions, but also being able to show them by example, it's okay for you to feel frustrated. It's okay for you to feel sad. It's okay to feel all your feelings because sometimes there's this assumption that we have to be like joyful all the time. It's like, no, this is hard. This morning we had a sweet moment. Um, Francis was getting very frustrated with his math. He was not understanding a concept. And he was getting, and I told him, you know, you need to take a deep breath. And sometimes my kids are resistant. They're like, and I'm like, well, that was a breath that wasn't like a cleansing breath. So let's try and like take a deep breath. And he's like, like <laughs> breathing really hard out of his nose. And I was like, you know what? That's okay. I'm right here with you. Math is hard right now. This is a frustrating, it's okay for you to say, this is frustrating for me. I'm frustrated that I don't understand this. I'm frustrated that the picture that you drew stupid, I don't understand it. Like, it's okay for you to say that. I'm going to, would you like a hug? And he did. He like kind of was like, I don't like this. Like, I understand that you don't like this. Why don't we take, and he finally later on was like, I need a minute in my room. Absolutely. Take your minute in your room. He came back. He was like, I'm ready. I was like, okay, let's try again. Let's get something else out. Picture's not helping. Let's pull out stuff so we can like manipulate it, move things around so we can like, you know, see, feel it with our hands. This is what this is. Yeah. That kind of thing. It was division. It was like, Which is division hard. is hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. So yeah. Um, yeah. that's, I, I saw, I'm like, it's, we're getting there on all the days where my kids don't want to co-regulate with me. They're like fighting me on it. This one, that was a win. I will take the win. That's and all right, buddy. That's it sounds right. like, and then you take the time with them to kind of process that, mm-hmm. you know, which mm-hmm. is also something, I mean, I, we, we're all human, including our children and yes. our children, they feel the feels that we feel. Yeah, they do. And, and we have to give them that space to process yeah. that just like sometimes we need the space to process yeah. that. And I think it's beautiful how you process it together. I mean, like mm-hmm. I, I've never heard of co-regulation and apparently that's what we've been doing. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's um, great. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that because 
And as, as my daughter, as my kids have gotten older, there are mm-hmm. moments when we're just like, okay, we need to, we need to, we need to just process let's okay. Mm-hmm. What's going on. What are you feeling? All right. Let's, let's talk this out. What mm-hmm. can I do to help you through this? Right. You know, you're not alone. You're not yeah. alone. Not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is, we we're human. Yeah. And God gave us all these emotions and they, mm-hmm. they, they serve a purpose. Yes. You know, and to, to understand that <laughs> I think one of them is so that we realize how much we need him. Yeah. And also to realize that, you know, as we go through these, these things, um, it helps us to, to get to the the goal. It, it It's part of the steps to get yeah. there. And, and that, yeah. that is, that is okay. And that's yeah. so awesome. Um, of all the learning disabilities, it's not on the list, but I just thought of this right now. Of yeah. all of the learning disabilities, which which one has been the most difficult to work with? The, the hardest to watch has been the dyslexia. That's the hardest to like to witness because they want it so bad. They want it so bad. They want to read it so bad. And it just isn't happening. And it's not out of defiance. It's not out of um, like intellect. It just, they want it. So it's like, it's right there. Come, come on. Like the speech and words, especially with Max, speech and words, and then being able to articulate and then reading um, has been, that's been the most difficult to watch because you literally see them literally suffer through that where they, you know, when they're little, it doesn't, it's not as big of a deal when they're little, Mm -hmm. it's not that, but as they get older and they start to recognize it for themselves, that's hard. That's very hard to watch them see themselves as different. Yeah. That that's hard. Um, We have always very much celebrated um, Max's autism. We always tell him um, you do not have autism. You are autistic. We are a neurodiverse family. Um, We believe very firmly that God created you exactly the way you are for a purpose. It was intentional. This was not a mistake. I'm sorry. What other people may say, that's very controversial. I understand. We, I love you. I will agree to disagree. And that's fine. Um, so I firmly, my, my child was not a mistake. I didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. There is an intent and purpose in his creation. And God has a purpose for his life. Exactly how he is. Yes. Exactly the way his brain was created. So you do not have autism, you are autistic. I don't have a Mexican. I am Mexican. I don't have a female. I am female. I am. So we established that from the very beginning. Um, We've always shared diagnosis with our children. Um, That way they can learn to advocate for themselves. A lot of times people are terrified of the label. I don't want my kid labeled. I don't want them labeled. That label is going to be your saving grace one day. Because your child's going to be able to say, excuse me, I am dyslexic. I need accommodations. I have ADHD. This is an unreasonable expectation for me. Can we make accommodations so that I can succeed or do whatever? Um, if you have 
even if you have like a mental health issue, if you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with OCD or ODD, anything like that, or sensory processing disorder, being able to advocate for yourself and say, this is what I have. This is the way my brain is naturally wired. Mm -hmm. And I will learn how to help myself rather than like suffering through everything. And then, you know, the mental health goes down, you know, the depression sets in because you feel so not enough. Yeah. And the reality is you are enough. You just need a little bit of help from either others. Yes. Others, but mostly from yourself, yeah. help yourself. Yeah. If that means I know I'm, I know I'm, I'm getting overwhelmed because there's a lot of sensory stuff going on, being able to say, this is not a good idea for me. Like the lights and sounds or whatever are, are not good for me. I'm going to take a step back. Yeah. That's my big goal. Advocate for yourself, child. Yeah. This, we have always shared diagnosis with them. The hardest to manage in the home is the ADHD. That's the hard one to manage in the home because, um, it's like the impulsiveness that, um, that beautiful, wonderful impulsivity, um, of ADHD and, um, at Bithia's family service, I actually teach a class on parenting the neurodiverse and it's a fantastic class. So if you, when we do that one, again, I highly recommend if you have a neurodiverse child to come to that class, because being able to understand how your child's brain is naturally wired changes everything, Yeah, changes everything. You need to check your expectations. It's sometimes a lot of 90% of the time. It's not your kid. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. need to manage your expectations. You need to make a shift yeah. in, you know, what's reasonable, what's not reasonable and understanding that a child's brain isn't fully developed until age 25. Yes. Are you, are, they're not adults. They are not little adults. We are adults. And we struggle with like emotional regulation and impulsivity and that filter and, you know, cognitive reasoning. And um, we struggle with that and our brains are developed. Imagine for them, their brains are not completely fully developed yet. And we have the same expectation for them. Come on. That's unreasonable. That's not fair. And the same thing, like we have, I I have bad days where my husband's like, have you eaten something? You need a Snickers bar or something? Because you are <laughs> man, oh, man. <laughs> man, oh, man. Like, yeah. you, Remember that, that Snickers bar commercial? Yes. Like, like, like you, Aretha. Yeah. You're Aretha, have a Snickers. Have a Snickers. Oh, Lord. Um, and I'm an adult. Do you know what I mean? Like, my as I'm allowed to have a bad day. My children are also allowed to have bad days. Yes. And it's okay to like, you know, to kind of come alongside them. I understand today's a bad day and that's okay. Sometimes you're sad for no reason. That's okay. I don't expect you to like put a slap of fake smile on your face. You can say, I feel a little blue today. I don't know why I feel a little blue today. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I'm right here with you. I don't love you any less. My expectation for you might change for the day because, you know, maybe that day's a not so heavy school day. Maybe that day is a, let's watch a documentary and cuddle on the couch day. And that that's school too, man. Like that's, let's protect our, uh, um, our kids' mental health above their academics 
Always. Yeah. Always. You know, it was interesting today. I had this random thought that happens, you know, and this thought <laughs> came to me where it was like the, my goal for my children since they were little is that they would feel safe. Yes. And I realized the goal of them to be safe is not to protect them from everything, mm-hmm. but that they would feel safe enough to be able to take risks. Yeah. And I thought, and as I, as I, as I'm listening to us talk and as I'm processing that thought, like we are giving them the tools that, and they're finding the safety, they're finding safety in, in taking the risk in a safe place. Right. Yes. And yes. then that they, they build on that. And mm-hmm. they build on that and they build on that, you know, and I know that our kids are going to do great things. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things to, because um, Emma felt it very strongly mm-hmm. when she was little, the difference and yeah. it was very hard. And we had to, we came up with a mantra. Um, mm-hmm. I am special. I am important. And God has a plan for me. Yep. And to this day, she will be able to, when things get kind of rocky and things are kind of all wacky, mm-hmm. she'll say, I know God made me this way for a reason. Yeah. I just wish I knew what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you know what? That's <laughs> me fair. Too, kiddo. Yeah. Me too. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I totally get that. I wish I yeah. could tell you too, but you're going to figure this out and it's going to be okay. So, um, so with, uh, so you're with the charter school and you're able to get the services. And we talked about how yeah. there are other ways to make it work as well yes. without a charter school. So, right. and with my story, we, the, the IEPs that we had with the IEP that I had with Emma at the charter school mm-hmm. was not actually addressing the actual issues mm-hmm. <laughs> of my daughter. Right. And the more I fought, the more they fought with me. Right. And it was very frustrating Mm-hmm. until I realized I don't have to do it this way. Right. And so, um, w- you know, what I did is I pulled her out of the charter school mm-hmm. and we're just with firm foundation as a PSP and just mm-hmm. heard the other two are still in the charter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, whereas the charter school has a certain amount of units that need to be met in order to graduate, right. mm-hmm. the state of California has almost uh, like, I don't know, like a hundred less units that you Mm -hmm. have to. So we're able to accommodate and make that work for us. Right. You know? And so, so any parent that is, that is just like, but I'm not going to get, I'm not going to, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, Mm -hmm. we can make it work. And again, finding other moms that are dealing with the same thing. We can give resources, we can give Mm -hmm. advice, we can show, you know, what we've done, so on and so forth, but know that you're not bound by anything. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so with, when we pulled, when I finally pulled her out of the charter, turns out she only has seven classes left to get a high school diploma in California. Yeah. And she has two years left in regular school right. to get that done. Mm-hmm. What freedom and the anxiety and frustration that she was dealing with gone. That's wonderful. Instead of, Instead of, of being constantly told you're not doing this right, you have to do it this way or right. else you're not going to graduate. Well, you're not anything. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Like a fear tactic. It, it was. And, you know, to be fair, that's kind of how yeah. <laughs> we've all been conditioned. Yes. You're going to, if you don't do this, then this isn't going to happen. And you should be yeah. afraid of that. Yeah. When, you know, in reality, kids with ADHD and with dyslexia and with every other letter, whatever Mm -hmm. can do great and amazing things. Mm -hmm. And so it's very exciting when that, that, that uh, thumb that seems to be over our kids is lifted. 
Yes. And there's just this, like, they're, they know that they're accepted and they are okay. And, and, you know, you almost want to tell them all the time they're special, except it gets in their head, gets to their heads. And so that's not always the best thing to do. Who told you that? You're not a snowflake. Yeah. (laughs) But it's really, it's been such a, it's been beautiful to see. It's been really encouraging to see um, when that those, those pressures are lifted and our kids can grow. And I have watched your Mm -hmm. children grow and Tony is amazing. And he's just such a, a blessing in the class. He has, he has deep thoughts sometimes. (laughs) And yes, and sometimes it's, it kind of goes past everyone else. And I'm just like, dang, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) But it's awesome. And it's so it's, and he's, he's so good at, he's so good at, he takes his, he takes his stuff seriously. And it's mm-hmm. cool work seriously. And so I, as a teacher, I truly appreciate that. Yeah. And he works, he works, he works so hard. I will say, cause what the average kiddo would take, you know, maybe a couple of hours, it's double or triple for him Yeah, with the ADHD and the dyslexia. So, um, I know, and I, we've never set like a requirement of a grade ever on any of my kids. So we've always just, just your best. Yeah. Hey man, if your best is a C and you're like, Hey man, I tried my best. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Great job. That's fantastic. If it's a B, then that's great. If that's an A, that's great. I'm not going to love you anymore. Cause you got an A then you got it. Dumb. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. But when I, when I do see those, um, you know, that effort put in, I know that he has, he has put in the work. Yeah. He has, I can genuinely say he tried his best. Yeah. I asked him that. Look yourself in the mirror. Can you honestly say, I tried my best? If you can, you you're good job. Yeah. If you did your best and and or you did just enough today, I did just enough for survival. That's okay too. Yeah. Let's just get there. If you're you're doing fine, you'll get there. You'll yeah. get. There. So I know that he he works hard, man. He has earned it. Yeah. <laughs> He's and like yeah. scraping, you know. So yeah. it's it's okay. It's okay that he's sometimes he's like, it's I'm like, hey, you it, six hours, buddy. Like, where are you at? He's like, um, like, <laughs> but I, he, right. he never right. gives any excuses. No, no, no excuses. That's one thing. I think that's one thing most people assume mm-hmm. or they assume I will accommodate you all day, every day, up and down. I will accommodate you. I will fight for every accommodation. However, you're still going to get it done. Yeah. You're still going to get it done. If it means we do our number line by you doing it outside of what the chalk with the chalk on the, on the sidewalk chalk. And that's how you're going to, you know, do your numbers. That's fine with me, but you're still going to do it. So the standard, or I don't want to use standard because then we go back to that concept, yes. but uh-huh. the, um, the bar, cool. yeah, mm-hmm. the bar is mm-hmm. still in a place where you wouldn't say is, um, less than others. It's just no. met differently. It's met differently. Yes. It's just met differently. If that means, um, let's say we're doing like a poetry unit and you're having a really hard time with the poetry unit, then we listen to it on audio. Yeah, that's fine. I will read it out loud to you. That's fine. If you are not having a hard time visualizing like the setting of this story, I can pull that up. If there's a movie or a film, 
just to like kind of bring that, you know, those adjectives to life, you know, with that seeing that movie clip. Hey, man, let's go. Let's remember that part. You know, comparing this to that. That's what we're going to do. Those literary, the theme and like literary elements in novels and in language art studies. There's other ways to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's another way to do it. If that means that we do it through art, if it means that we do it through another, just to deepen your understanding, if that means we, before we read the novel, whatever, we do a little bit of historical background so that you have a little bit better understanding of this character in this time of history, then that's what that means. That's okay. If that means we only read half the novel or just excerpts from the novel, Mm -hmm. that's okay too. Yeah. I think sometimes people just assume you have to read the whole, you don't, you can take excerpts. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and work with those rather than shoving a whole novel. For example, Jane Eyre. It's a beautiful novel. I love that novel. I I love my favorites. Yep. There is a lot of description about, you know, grass, about flowers, like a lot, (laughs) a lot. So we're planning on doing that for my intro class next, (laughs) next semester for for intro, not for American, Mm -hmm. but for intro. And so I'm like, we are probably going to skip some pages because mm-hmm. it's just a lot and you still can get the essence of the story and the point of the story right. without knowing how many blades of grass there were and how many yeah. petals of roses. And you know, I'm <laughs> exaggerating a little bit, but it's, I mean, it's beautiful. And, and I can't, I don't understand this, but not everyone's an English major. Yeah. You know, but it's true. And I, I have to respect that. We all, we all bring something so beautiful to the table, just like our kids. Mm-hmm. We all bring things to the table that, are meant to, you know, uh, um, complement each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to overpower yeah. each other with you know, all the description or whatever the case might be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, but you're right. We're taking out the excerpts um, and finding the point of it all, and realizing that the point of it is that we're raising these human beings mm-hmm. to to grow and to find success and to be prepared for this crazy world that we're in. Mm-hmm you know, especially for this season, for such a time as this, yep. you know, and it's really, um, it's exciting and terrifying all the very same time. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that with community and that, and with, you know, resources that we can share and all that kind of stuff that there is there, it's an exciting time too. Yes. Very exciting time. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to, um, to share, um, before we close out? Um, I think some, and we're going to be, I'm very excited for this one. I'm, we're actually going to be doing a class on homeschooling, the neurodiverse homeschooling, specifically the neurodiverse at 50th family services. Um, this one's actually going to be in person. So keep an eye out for that one. Um, so we just want to encourage people to come. Um, and I wanted for people to know, you know, we know that our day doesn't have to look a certain way. Um, and sometimes we have certain schedules and we have therapies or services that kind of takes over certain amounts of certain days. So the whole point and purpose of that one is just to be encouraged. It doesn't have to look a certain way. Your kid's still going to be learning. Um, it just, you do what's best for your child and their learning style. Sometimes it's hard to find out what our kid's learning style is. You might have like a teaching style where you 
feel more comfortable sort of just reading from like the teacher manual and you expect them to kind of like follow along with you, but not all kids learn that way. And certainly not our neurodiverse kiddos. So if that means you have to put on the show, like I do for Rosie or everything kind of has to be like manipulatives or like big movements or do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, then that's what that means. So I think when you have a child who has a need, you are their very best teacher because you are their parent, their caregiver. So you really know them best. So don't, my encouragement would be just don't get locked into this, the way that it has to look, um, that you're in a race with other kids, that you're in a race with other neurotypical children. Um, cause you're, you're really not, you can't compare and it's not fair to compare. Um, I think sometimes we also have this really horrible, lovely junkie habit of holding like our identity or our value and what our kids are able to do. And that's not okay. So I think that needs to stop also. Like my child does Latin. Good for you. Mine eats the Cheerios off the van floor. That's fine for me too. That kind of a thing where your child can do this. My child can do that. My child can't do this. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's, it's like this, it's like this underground sort of feeling of competition, even within homeschoolers Mm -hmm. that shouldn't really be there. And, um, and just don't, don't be there. Your identity is, is in Christ and Christ alone. Your child's identity is in Christ and Christ alone. Um, they are unique and special and created for an in, a very intentional purpose for a time such as this. Do not be discouraged. Um, if you need the assistance, ask and you shall receive. Make your those requests very clearly known to the Lord and you'd be surprised what's going to be brought you know, to your table, whether that's a friend, a community, a really great field trip, a new connection that you have with your child over something that you didn't have before. Do you know what I mean? Like make, make those requests known and to keep mindful of, you know, we're supposed to be a little different and that's okay. You know, you're raising, um, good humans. I always tell people I act like connection over academics. Oh, yes. please like, don't, don't let the math textbook become between you and your kid. Like, just don't, right. don't do it. Throw out the textbook. Yeah, no, Play exactly. A, do something else. Change curriculums. It's okay. It's okay. If it's not working for you, it's not working. It's okay. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people would want to know the types of curriculums that would go well with a neurodiverse child. And okay. I, yeah, I have, um, we, we, we use a lot of different things. Because I I realized um, if we use the same thing, like they get bored, Mm -hmm. they get bored of it. So um, we have certain things we do on Mondays. We have certain things that we do on Tuesdays um, and they don't overlap. The only thing that we do every single day without fail is math um, and uh, our like literature or like novel study that either whether we do an activity for it or we're just reading chapters or, or it's a read aloud um, that doesn't get just for the reading part. Mm-hmm. Um, some sort of a, um, 
we alternate either between um, like one day we do grammar, like a little grammar activity and grammar. And then the next day we do vocabulary. So I don't do the same thing. My kids need sort of like novelty, but they also need routine, mm-hmm. <laughs> which so is fun. why, which is why, you know, Monday and Wednesday typically look the same Tuesday, um, typically looks like Tuesday. And then Thursday's a little bit different because we have services and then Friday school, we have Friday school. So, um, it's a very fine balance. And of course we have to meet, you know, sensory needs during the day, make sure everyone's getting wiggles out, make sure everyone's getting their tactile experiences in all that stuff is, is happening. So we're kind of a circus over here, but it's a beautiful circus. And, uh, and I'm very grateful for it because I know that they're, they really are thriving. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if I feel like if they, if they were in, um, in a different kind of se- setting, it, they would really not, they wouldn't be very happy. I can't imagine them being, you know, yeah, so happy and, you know, and flourishing. And flourishing, yeah, and doing they really flourishing. The best that they can. They're do- yeah, they're and you can you can see it, and so yeah. Good job, Mama, for heeding the the call. And yeah, for... <laughs> glad I listened to that one. <laughs> yeah, and for you know taking the time to figure things out. It does homeschooling does take yes. a lot out of Mama, and yes, it, does. it does. Um, but it's so worth it. You know, it it's so it so worth it. And I'm um, it's hard and it's exhausting and it's tiring, but but God is faithful. And yes. even when we kind of drop the ball here and there, um, we can pick yes. it right back up. Despite us, God has a plan despite us. That's if right. you think I'm messing this up, nope, God's got them despite no. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. You yeah. know? And so um, I'm so thankful that we've been able to talk about all this. And um, I'm sure um, that you'll be back on with um, some more maybe targeted yes. things um, in the future. And, um, so where can people, uh, find you? So people can find, um, I on Bithia's family services at Instagram. It's at Bithia's family services. It is a mouthful. Can you spell that? B I T H I A H S family services. Okay. And there'll Um, be a link in the show notes. Okay. Yes, but people don't know. People are sometimes wondering where the name Bithia comes from. And it's actually really a great Bithia was Pharaoh's daughter who pulled Moses from, from the river. Oh, that's beautiful. So she was the first documented foster mother. That is beautiful. Yep. I love that. Isn't that great. That is so awesome because it is a very unique name. It's very Every time I try to read it. I'm like, I don't know what that says. Yeah. Some people (laughs) said Bithia, Bithia. I don't know. It's there. It's there. there. I love it. I love it. That was her name and her faithfulness and her mother and his mother's faithfulness. Yes. To ultimately be able to be the one at her side raising Mm-hmm. raising him. So it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. So we have a ton of classes coming up. The homeschooling, the neurodiverse is coming up. We have connected parenting coming up. Um, we just did a de-escalation. Um, so in those, you know, hard moments when your kid is always like losing it, how to manage that, 
Um, we have some explosive behaviors, you know, sometimes our kids are just beside them, what the understanding of where that comes from, um, how to handle that calmly, you know, respectfully. Um, yeah, we have, we have a ton of classes and we also have a, um, special needs or neurodiverse parent support group. Awesome. Um, And that's for anybody. If you have a kid with needs and you need a little bit of support or someone to talk to or someone who, who gets it, we meet monthly. Come on down. If you need um, a support group, if you need um, other moms who get it, other parents who get it, who know what it's like to have a child with a high need, any kind of high need. If your child has Down syndrome, if your child has ADHD, dyslexia, um, autism, anything like that please come down. We are happy to support you and share our victories and share our sorrows and share the good, the bad, and just walk away, you know, feeling encouraged and that you're not alone in this. You know, there's a, there's quite a few that really would be happy to walk alongside. And so we do offer support groups. Um, um, that way everyone, you, we talked about filling your cup. Hey man, if you need a support group, fill your cup. Absolutely. Absolutely. Homeschooling is hard. Homeschooling is hard. Having a child with a need is hard. Doing both is hard. You need Jesus (laughs) and you need, you need community. So we're happy to offer that community for sure. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us at Best Laid Plans of Mice and Jen. I guess we both had plans that we thought things would look a certain way. And here we are. We are (laughs) not looking quite the same as we thought it would, but enjoying the moments and seeing how God has led us and is blessing us and our children through this. And so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, friends. That's all for this episode of Best Laid Plans of Mice and Jen. Make sure to check out the show notes for resources mentioned. Also, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube if you haven't already. You can follow me on Instagram at Best Laid Plans of Mice and Jen. And as always, you can send your questions or topic ideas for future episodes to Best Laid Plans of Mice and Jen at gmail.com. Until next time, I look forward to discussing more about the Best Laid Plans of Mice and Jen. <laughs>